guys. Welcome back to the Be Still podcast. I'm so glad y'all are back to grow your faith with us. Um, it is just me today. Ainsley is in Africa. I'm so jealous. Her pictures look so amazing. Um, but it is just me. Um, but thank y'all so much for listening. We were super encouraged um, to see how many of y'all listened to the last episode and watched it. And it really just gave us a boost to just keep going and really made us super passionate about this. So thank y'all so much for that. And I'm glad you're back. Um, I did a little poll on our Be Still Instagram page about what y'all wanted to hear next. And I got a lot of questions about what it means to be lukewarm and how to stop being lukewarm. And how to be on fire for the Lord and ways you can be on fire for the Lord. And how it can be really tough in college to be on fire for Jesus because of how much we all seek validation from others and how we care what others think of us. So I'm really excited to talk about that today and just explain more of what it means to be lukewarm. So let's just dive right in. So in our last episode, we talked about what lukewarm is and, you know, how Ainsley and I struggle with being lukewarm for a while. But let's just touch on what it actually means. So being lukewarm is probably what you're thinking it is. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's right in the middle. And think about a cup of coffee. You know, you don't you want a nice hot cup of coffee, you know, when it's super good. And once it cools down and gets lukewarm, you just want to spit it out. Oh, it's just not good. It's gross. Like, it just doesn't taste good. And that's what Jesus says in Revelation 3.16. He does not want people that are just going to be, you know, casual for Jesus. I'm just going to be casual for him. You know, um, I'm not really going to talk about him. I'm just going to, you know, call myself a Christian sometimes in church but I'm really not going to talk about it outside of church. I'm not going to make my life look any different than the worldly people and people that aren't followers of Jesus. I'm just going to look just like them, and I'm content with that, and I think I'm going to go to heaven. That's what it means to be lukewarm, and that is just not true. You, Sadly, you won't be able to go to heaven. You won't be able to spend eternity with Jesus if you are lukewarm, and so that's why I am so urgently wanting to share this topic in this episode and why this whole concept changed my life and changed my faith so much. Um, So let's just jump right in to Revelation 3 verse 16. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me." To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay, that's a lot. Let's just dissect it verse at a time. So let's start in verse 16 through 18 where Jesus says he will spit us out if we are lukewarm. And then right after, he addresses the rich. He says, Those who are rich, you may think you are rich, but you are poor. So most people will think, oh, Jesus is just talking about, you know, the millionaires and the billionaires. That's not me. I'm not rich. Well, a fun fact that I got from a Francis Chan sermon that says 53 out of 100 people make $2 an hour. So if you're making more than $2 an hour, you're considered rich. 
And so that's probably most of us. I don't want to make any assumptions here, but that is a lot of us. And that means you're rich. So that means this should call out to you and she'd be like, wow, I need to wake up. Jesus is talking about me. He's saying I'm rich and that I need to be careful because I actually think that I'm rich, but I'm really poor. And he addresses why this is so important in Luke chapter 18, verse 18. It says, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. So I just wanted to read that passage because it, it says it is harder for a rich person to get into heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle okay a needle is so tiny and a camel is huge like that ratio he's not being dramatic he like he is being completely honest he's saying it's going to be harder for you guys that are rich us everyone that's listening people that make more than two dollars it's harder for us than for a camel to go through an eye of a needle that is bizarre. I've never seen a camel go through eye of a needle. And it just blows my mind. And it really does wake me up. Like, wow, okay, I need to check myself. And here's another example about riches. So Zacchaeus, this, the tax collector. This is Luke chapter 19. Let's see. Let's jump to verse 5. Okay, so Zacchaeus was a very, very, very wealthy man. Okay, he was rich. He was I mean, he was a tax collector. So Jesus is in Jericho. He's passing through. He's talking to people. He's in a crowd. And he sees Zacchaeus just up in a tree. Because no one's going to let him to the front of the crowd. No one likes him. So he's got to climb a tree. He's a short little guy. He's got to climb a tree so he can hear Jesus and he can see Jesus. And everyone's like, oh, he's not going to talk to him. He doesn't. No one likes tax collectors. But Jesus reached the spot. He looked up at Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus. Come down immediately. I must stay in your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And after Zacchaeus meets with Jesus and talks with him and is eating with him in his house, Zacchaeus is like, wow, like I just, I can't even believe how, how attached I was to riches and to money. He says, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So Zacchaeus doesn't say, you know what, Lord, sounds like you're a really nice guy and... Thank you for eating with me on my own, but I'm going to pass. I don't really want to follow you. Just doesn't seem worth it to me. I'd rather continue to be rich and live in my nice house and be a tax collector. I'd rather do that. Zacchaeus does not say that. He says, wow, I can't believe I was so attached to money and idolized money and being rich so much. Like, 
have it all. I'm going to pay every single person back four times the amount that I took from them. Everyone that I took taxes from, I am going to pay them back. I'm going to give half my money to the poor. I'm going to do everything. Lord, have it all because I don't want it anymore, because I've encountered you, because I know you, because I have a relationship with you now. It's just not worth it. You're worth it. That's what he says. He doesn't weigh the options. He doesn't hesitate. He isn't lukewarm. He gets on fire for the Lord immediately and gives up his life without hesitation. Another great example is in Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is such an amazing image of what it looks like to be on fire for Jesus. Imagine you, you know, you have all your riches and you have you know your lifestyle and then you come across a field and you find out there's a billion dollars hidden below that field you are not gonna question whether you're gonna go and sell everything you have to go buy that field because you know what's in that field is worth way more than what you have you're not even gonna question it and it's like the fine pearl in verse 45 if you are looking for a fine pearl and you know you have your, your riches, your lifestyle, you know, you're just living life, but you find this extremely valuable pearl, you're not going to question whether you want to sell every single thing you have to get that pearl because you know it's worth more than what you have. The same thing is for our lives. So I'm not even going to question giving up everything that I want, my life, my dreams, my hopes, my desires, Everything that I'm attached to, this whole world, I'm not going to question giving it up because, man, the kingdom of heaven and getting to know Jesus is far more valuable than the world. I mean, there's nothing in this world that I want that is worth more than knowing Jesus. I mean, I get to know him. I get to be loved by him. I get to love him. I get to meet him. Physically, when I die, I get to spend eternity with him. I am not going to turn around and say, huh, you know, that sounds great and all, but really, really like my life down here. I really like, you know, the world. I think this is where I'm gonna, what I'm going to live for. I think this is going to be my home. I'm not going to stop doing what I want to do because, you know, this is just worth more than heaven. Sorry. That, I mean, man, that is why Jesus says he spits us out of his mouth. That's repulsive how could you even be hesitant how could you even you know hesitate giving up your life and not being on fire for the lord it's just mind-boggling a really awesome example um that evan actually gave me say you're you're riding a bike you know you've never had a car you're riding your bike to let's say go get ice cream and all of a sudden in the middle of the road this tesla stops you and, or whatever, imagine your car that you're like, wow, that's a nice car. Like, I really would dream to have that. That car stops you in the middle of the road. A guy gets out, throws you the keys, and says, here, like, I, I bought it for you. Like, come on, let's go. And you're going to sit there and say, you know, man, I'm sorry. I don't care for the car. I really like my bike, but thanks for the offer. I'm going to keep going. 
I mean, man, like that's what it looks like for us to give up the kingdom of God to stay and like continue to live how we want to live and just, you know, live for us. And Tesla is the kingdom of heaven. It is far greater than Tesla, but that's the kingdom of heaven in this example. And the man driving it, the man who bought it for you, even though you don't deserve it, the man who just bought it for you because he loves you is Jesus and is giving it to you. And the world is the bike. You know, we are not going to be like, oh, I really want to keep the bike. <laughs> so the reason why I want to, t to give all these examples of, you know, people that are rich and the struggles that come with being rich and getting to the kingdom of heaven because people that are rich have such a hard time getting into kingdom the kingdom of heaven because they can't let the riches go they can't let the worldly things go and people that are lukewarm they can't let go of the worldly things they can't let it go of oh you know I want to keep like getting drunk. I want to keep hanging out with that guy. I want to keep making poor decisions. I want to keep, you know, smoking. I want to keep doing this. Like, I really just want to keep doing what I want to do. And I don't really want to be told what to do. So I'm not going to give up anything in my life. I'm not going to give up my hopes and dreams. I'm not going to do any of that because, you know, that's worth doing things for me is worth more to me than Jesus. And I'd rather live for the world and die and just not get to spend eternity with Jesus because I want to live for me. Or you could live for Jesus, be on fire for him, and get to spend eternity with him. Because, man, let me tell you, I have lived for the world a lot. I have lived for the world for 19 years of my life. And this has been the best year of my life living for Jesus. The blessings that have flown into my life and the joy and the happiness and the peace that I have and the friendships and Evan and my family. I'm like, man, I can't even explain how amazing this year has been just following Jesus and being on fire for him and giving up what I thought was amazing. I actually thought my riches were worth something. I actually thought all the worldly things in my life was worth it. I thought you know, posting all these things on TikTok and um, being obsessed with social media and caring a lot what other people thought of me and going out all the time and, you know, drinking a lot and hanging out with guys. I thought that was really worth something and like really got filled up by that. But man, was I so, so, so wrong. What's really worth something is Jesus. That is what's worth something. And that's what means something in our lives. Um, and it just takes just being like, you know what? I'm just going to give it up. You can have it all, Jesus. You can take everything from me. Take my friends. Take my family. Take my life. Take my, my material items or whatever. Take everything, and I will still be on fire for you because I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't have to have it. All I need is you. All that matters is if you know Jesus then you're rich with the kingdom of God, with the Holy Spirit. That is what matters. That's what's going to matter when your time here is up. That is what's going to matter. Okay, next it says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put in your eyes so you can see. He's Jesus is saying, I counsel you. I tell you. I'm trying to tell you things to buy from me. Take advice from me. Listen to me. I will fulfill you. I will give you the riches that matter. 
I will guide you. I am worth something. Keep going in verse 19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So a lot of people, when they read the verse 16 that says that he spits us out of his mouth, it's like, man, like why is he being so aggressive? Because it says he loves us. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. He loves us. Jesus doesn't want to say like, yep, you know, you be casual for me. You know, you're not going to get into heaven, but you know, whatever. I'm not going to say anything. He says, no, I love you so much. I want you to be in heaven with me. I want to spend eternity with you. That's why I'm telling you, I'm going to spit you out if you're not on fire for me. Like, please, please be on fire for me. That's what Jesus is telling us. He's not being aggressive. He's giving us the biggest warning ever. He's like, please, I really need you guys to wake up. And that's why Jesus is going to give you scenarios in your life that are going to be like, wake up, wake up. Like, please, like, turn to me. He's going to give us many opportunities to be on fire for him. And when we don't, he's like, what? Like, I've, I've told you. Like, I've given you opportunities. I've, like, I died for you. Like, how could you not... How could you not want to give up this life for me? And because of that, he's like, man, I'm just disgusted. Like, that's just, oh, I just want to spit you out. And that is why he's being so aggressive, because he loves us. Because he, he loves us, so he rebukes us and disciplines us. Think about your parents. So I don't know about y'all, but if I were to go near the stove, say I'm, you know, three years old, and I'm, I'm walking up to the stove, my mom is going to say, whoa, Barrett, like, back away. Don't touch that. It's hot. She's going to maybe raise her voice. She's going to be like, whoa, stop, stop, stop. Don't go near the stove. She's going to rebuke me. She's going to discipline me because she loves me and doesn't want me to get hurt. He wants us to spend eternity in heaven with him. He doesn't want us to go to hell. And that is why he's being so, like, disciplinary. And this next part just blows my mind i mean wow verse 21 to the one who is victorious i will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as i was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne whoever has ears let them hear what the spirit says to the churches so jesus is saying whoever is victorious and giving up this world and just not being sucked into the pleasures of this world and being to the Lord and giving him your life and saying, you know what, God, you know, take the reins. I don't, I don't need to be in control anymore. Everything is about you. You guide my life. You, you do whatever you want with me. That's why I'm here. Whoever is victorious in that, he says, you get to sit with him at the throne. I mean, it talks about the throne in this, you know, beautiful place. This huge throne with just lights and lightning and God just up on the throne. He's so bright. You can't even look at him like, wow, it's just so much awe. And there's huge creatures in the back with just eyes everywhere. And there's 24 people worshiping him. And he's saying, you get to sit with him. That's what he's saying. I mean, he says, if you're victorious in doing that, you get to sit with him. We don't deserve that. We don't deserve that at all. But what an honor, like, to get to sit with Jesus at the throne. Man, I am, I just can't even wrap my mind around it. I mean, if you're lukewarm right now, it's not something to be okay with. 
because you don't know if you have tomorrow. You don't know when you're going to, you know, leave this earth. And if you're lukewarm, it do, you don't get to go to heaven. And that is really alarming. That's really, really, really alarming. And these are not my words. These are Jesus's words. And that is super alarming. You need to do whatever you can to be on fire for him. And if that means asking God, you know what, Lord, if that means you need to take everything from me, if that means you need to take me to my lowest rock bottom I've ever been to, to be like, you know what, have it all, have it all. Like if that's what it means, do it. So I'm just encouraging y'all, if you are lukewarm, please do something. Please just give everything to the Lord and ask him Ask him to give you opportunities and take it seriously. Don't just say, I'm lukewarm, and then five minutes, forget about it. And yes, it is so hard to be on fire for the Lord sometimes, especially in college. It is really tough. I mean, there's so many different friend groups and so many different, you know, parties and stuff. And it's like, oh, I want to be invited to that party. I want to go, like, I want to be in this friend group. I don't want them to think I'm some, like, spiritual freak. I don't want them to think that. And once you give your life to the Lord, you're going to be like, I could care less because what they have to say about me is not worth anything. Getting to spend eternity with Jesus and getting to know him is worth it. If I were to have no friends and I'm just alone by myself, everything is taken from me, I would have Jesus and that is enough. That is enough for me. And that should be enough for you, okay? It does not matter what people think of you because once you seek validation in what Jesus says about you and who Jesus says you are, you do not care what other people think of you. You should not put what other people have to say about you as worth more than what Jesus has to say about you, okay? So that, I know it can still be really tough and I, I'm still a victim of getting sucked into the world and just caring what other people think and like, you know, trying to not talk about Jesus as much, but then I take a step back and I'm like, you know what? No, <laughs> like I'm not gonna dismiss who Jesus is and what he's done in my life because who cares if they think I am some spiritual person? I know where I'm going and I know Jesus Christ and I have a relationship with him and I will never give that up for being, you know, liked by a group of people for like, what, a few years? That is just not worth it. That is not worth it at all. So I know that can be tough, and I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but it's a work in progress, and it takes effort, and it takes building that relationship with Jesus to see, like, wow, this is worth way more. I can't believe I was like, I actually put what they have to say above what Jesus has to say. So that's just, I know it's hard, and I know college is really tough. Um, not participating in, you know, getting drunk and not participating in smoking and not participating in parties because I was a victim to that. I was so far in love with the world. It was crazy. Like God wasn't even in my lane. Like it is hard to get over that. But the first step to walking away from being lukewarm in college is walking towards Jesus, is making yourself spend time with him, is going to church is worshiping him, is playing more worship songs than you play country, rap, whatever. It's really forcing yourself to do that. Like It's not going to come naturally because you're naturally for the world. It takes work. It's like any other relationship. It takes work. You can't just immediately be friends with someone or immediately be in love with someone. It takes work. So 
really encourage y'all. That's first step of, you know, being in college. And we'll definitely touch on that in a different episode of just, you know, life in high school and life in college and what being a follower looks like in college. Um, but set yourself apart and be more like Jesus and love him and follow him and give him your life. And it is far more worth anything, any friend group, any drink, any party. It is unreal. And I have a testimony that speaks to that. Um, so I'm just going to pray for y'all. Um, and then we'll wrap it up. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just putting this on Ainsley and I's heart to do lukewarm and just the urgency behind it just to get this message out and for speaking through me. Um, I know none of these words come from me. And if they did, I ask that you please just wipe it from all the listeners' minds and help them just completely forget it, but to remember and hold on to the words that you spoke through me because they are so, so valuable and so important. Father, if anyone is lukewarm and is listening right now, please, Lord, give them an opportunity to give up everything and just say, you know what, have it all. Like, you can take the reins on this. You can take the reins on my life. I still want to do these things, but because of you, because of who you are, I'm going to stop. And I'm going to need help, but I'm going to stop. Father, please just put that on their heart right now and just let this message get out to anyone that needs to hear it. And Father, anyone that struggles with giving up everything because of what other people may think, because I know I do. I know I get sucked into the world because I, I just want to be like everybody else and I want to fit in. And it can be really hard. But Father, please help us not find validation in what other people say about us, but what you say and who you say we are. You say we have purpose, and you say we are beautiful, and you say that we are followers of Jesus. And when we do get sucked into the world, Father, please just pull us out. Pull us out as fast as you can, and just fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we are woken up. So thank you so much for these people and these listeners and this whole Be Still podcast. And I hope you can be with Ainsley right now and just fill her up with the Holy Spirit while she's in Africa. Um, I know she's having an amazing trip, so thank you so much, Lord. Um, and just please keep us all happy and healthy and safe and fill us each with the Holy Spirit every morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that wraps up our episode. Thank y'all so much for taking the time to listen. I know it was just me today, but super pumped to have Ainsley back next week. Um, everyone go follow our Instagram. It's called Be Still Pod and look out for our Instagram story. There's going to be feedback polls of if y'all liked this message, didn't like it, and what you want to hear next week or in future episodes. Um, but thank y'all again for listening and I hope you have a great week and fine time to be still this week.